The Arts NW Podcast is a production of the Arts Council of New Westminster and is sponsored by 100 Braid Street Studios. 100 Braid Street is a co-working art studio based in a warehouse and former winery on 100 Braid Street in New Westminster. The studio acts as an incubator for emerging artists to move into the professional realm and for professional artists to grow. It encourages out-of-the-box artistic exploration and supports the public through workshops, events, and meetings. We are not just a working art studio. We are a community of artists who support and collaborate with each other. Check them out at 100BraidStreetStudios.com. I'm Joel McKenzie, and this is Arts NW. You're listening to Arts NW Season 1, What's on Your Walls. In Season 1, I go with artists into their creation spaces, and we talk about what's in those spaces. We find out what encourages them, and what the things they look at every day say about them. I started recording Arts NW in mid-2019. This episode was recorded in October last year. We couldn't have predicted the crisis that we're currently facing, as COVID-19 keeps Canadians and much of the world inside and socially distanced, and leaves many without work and many considering career changes, especially those of us in the arts. The choice to pursue a career as an artist or a worker in the arts seems especially daunting now. Some people will have to change fields. Some will have to stop creating and start reevaluating, hopefully only temporarily. It could be a necessary change during this time of worldwide trauma. I spoke with Marilyn Norrie last year, so of course we couldn't talk in the context of this crisis. But our conversation shed light on what can encourage someone to spend their life creating and putting their best into the world in the long term. Marilyn Norrie's career as an artist has spanned 40 years. She's been in many plays and movies, including big name ones like The BFG, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and Little Woman, among others. She resides in New West in a beautiful condo with floor-to-ceiling windows that overlook the Fraser River and walls covered with paintings by her husband Greg, an established artist himself. We met there, and we chatted about Marilyn's creative space, her process, and how she finds motivation to live a life as an actor. It's beautiful. You have a stunning view of the Fraser River. Which bridge is that? That's that's the um, Portman. The Portman. But you also have a lot of really interesting things on your walls. Yeah. I'm looking at that that saw blade right there. Yeah. And uh, uh, a ton of paintings. Is there one one thing that comes to your mind first of being important? Uh, walls, because they're Greg's paintings. It's about premium real estate there. <laughs> it's funny. In, in a different, in another house that we lived in, North Van, I felt like the paintings were very loud. It was like they were talking to each other. And there were so many stories going on with all the paintings on the walls. And I don't think of it as loud anymore. I think of it as waiting. As waiting? Hmm. Well, these paintings are all going to find other homes. They're of different times. They have come from different uh, inspirations. And I know a lot of the stories behind the paintings, but um, they're also like children. 
you know, there are the paintings that are out in the world and, and you hope that they have a good home and someone's taking care of them and all that stuff, you know. That's, uh, it's very stimulating. So is this a space that, that you find inspiring from being an actor from that point of view? I don't know about that. Certainly any place works for inspiration for an actor. I don't really, I'm not really aware where why this place works for me is that I can it's um quiet it's calm that's kind of grounding in myself I'm not sure there are other places that are distracting that are no good for acting but I'm not sure that there's one place that makes it better there isn't one space that's someone's inspiration where they do all of their work and I think that's especially true for actors. No, because you have to be your. There's the work that you do on your own, and then there's the dirt, the work that you do with the company, your other actors, and then there's the work that you do with the audience, and um, and then you know with a film set, you're entirely somewhere else all the time, every day. So it's a portable art in that way. But most of the time, for acting, like my job in a year is about going to auditions is about being ready to act, not the act. There's very few days in a year where I'll be working. Um, you know, in 365, it's, I've, you know, I don't know that I've ever made, worked for more than 60 days or something, you know. So most of the time, because I'm doing mostly film work now, rather than um, theater, what I need is the haven away from everything, from the auditions, from that, that crazy world from the marketplace and mo the acting is one thing the business of acting is entirely different I teach sometimes with kids doing auditions and stuff like that and and really you need to have an athlete's mind about the stamina and um, all of those tricks that you need for performance are the same as an athlete would have to do for training and that kind of thing, just so that you don't tear yourself apart mentally, emotionally, because most auditions you do not get. So it is about uh, rejection <laughs> over and over and over again. And that's, that's just the nature of the work. Uh, Vancouver's the, often it's the third largest production center in North America film production place. So uh, there's a lot of work here as opposed to other uh, cities in North America. So it's Los Angeles, New York, Vancouver. And a lot of the people who live here don't notice that because they just notice trailers or things, you know, disruptions in traffic. You were in a lot of, of things that I recognize. Yes. I mean, I, I have them all written down. Yes. Here. Oh, very good. There you go. Well, that's that's one of the things about being in Vancouver. Nobody knows who I am. Uh, some people um, will know some of the projects that I've worked on, but everybody knows the people who I've worked with. But, I, you know, we tend to think of movies or even plays as the main character and then all those other people. And, you know, that's, that's how we look at our lives, too. We, we are the, the main actor. Um, often we are the main actor in our own life story. Um, and then there's all those other people 
who help us or some of them are are close and intimate and other ones are just you know the person who says you can't go in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're never recognized for being in them no really no well yeah sometimes no no not really no and people say oh well i've seen you in anything and it's like yeah you would have but mm, no <laughs> and there's a lot of hallmark movies i'll have um larger roles in and uh, like there was one though that was one of those hallmark movies it wasn't a christmas one i don't know what happened but there was like five people said oh i saw you in a movie oh, oh which one and i was like the woman in the garden i was like like this woman in the garden and i was doing whatever and i said oh no he's not there or, you know something like that to why that one i don't know that's wild. Yeah, the ones that I have larger roles in are um, have less distribution, so people who know me will recognize me, but otherwise, no. Is that something you prefer or that you like as an actor? Um, I have many opinions on that. <laughs> it's kind of like you do your best work for for a few lines, and so that gets frustrating. Um, but it's also wonderful to work with a lot of different people in in a lot of different circumstances, in different uh, um, context. Uh, okay, I'll tell you about that painting because I have sure. my own interpretation of it. So this is a young guy who's d working on a wooden boat. Yeah. And the w and that's caulking with cotton is what it's called, the painting. Oh, yeah. That's what you had to do on the old boats. Stuff cotton in between the wooden planks. Oh, okay. And I just think when I look at that guy and that look on his face, I just think, I think of him as being somewhat surly and somewhat curious as to who's looking at him because he's doing something that is totally not necessary, totally useless. Nobody's ever going to appreciate how much work it takes to bring back a wooden boat. And he's decided that that's what he has to do anyway. So don't even tell him that it's a stupid idea. <laughs> and, and I feel like in a lot of ways, that's what I do as an artist is you know, it. I have to do this. I have to do this thing that that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. Um, but this is what I have to do, and it's a lot of work, and nobody understands. Very few people understand what the work is that's involved. They think it's either magic, or I don't know, an indulgence because I like having like attention. Right. Or something like this, or that I'm vain, or or they think that I'm doing extra work because that's all they think that actors in Vancouver do. You know, stars come from LA, and and everyone else does background, right. and it's like okay, there's no not much uh, respect for the form. Yeah, and yet I can't change anybody else's minds about what it is. I just have to do it. You have to make that boat. Yeah, yeah. Just have to fix the boat. Okay, come on, come on in here. Sure. Go to my my my, my office. Oh sure. 
I, how do you feel about me being in here, a, a stranger or a friend or someone else being in this room with you? I, I'm I'm actually um, liking to show it off. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, it is. This is the my interior world, and I did tidy it up a bit. You might not, <laughs> you might not know that, but it is it is tidied up. But I I have stimulation all around me. And that's what I need to. Some people work best in quiet and and stillness. And actually, for me, I it's it's like roomy poems and other things like that to you know keep working. Yeah. Keep stay focused. So and it's, do the work. It's not it's not a space. You like showing it. You like sharing it with people. Yeah. That's great. I, yeah, I don't. I, not many people bother. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so here, this is Jack London's poem. I would rather be ashes than dust. I would rather that my spark should burn out in a brilliant blaze be stifled by dry rot. I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in magnificent glow, than a sleep and permanent planet. The function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Jack London was wrote that when he was in the Yukon, and he was writing. Uh, um, he wrote a number of books on that, and I was in a mini series called Klondike, mm. and one of the characters was Jack London mm. in it. And uh, I mean, it's always a good reminder that you can just um, push. more sense of it if I if I use a, an example of what I do if I'm going to create something I pick up my guitar or I pick up my cello and I start playing my thing and that puts me in, in the mood and of course the the room affects that as well how do you go into the the acting mode well, when mood? you're you have the when you've been cast you have um, made decisions about a character based upon the script and how the character thinks and just memorizing the lines is to get in a different way of thinking about something but when you get on set you are informed by everything you're informed by the reality of where the chairs are or the relationship of you to the other person and it's just finding how to move within that and that will inform how those words come out of your mouth well it, it can't just be the the stage itself right you must have a time outside of that where you're preparing to oh yes oh yes but that's that's you know in in the realm of memorizing the lines it's okay this line is seems like it's going in this direction i am uh inquisitive i'm curious i'm um, or I'm angry, I'm shut down, I'm, you know, the possibilities of an emotional state of being for each line. And you can explore the possibilities of all of that. When you have smaller roles, a lot of the time your motivation, you know, you have to give yourself a motivation, which is, I have to go to the bathroom, so I have to say this really fast and pointed to you, star of a movie that I don't really know is going on around me, because, and I have to say this very clearly, 
okay, go over there, do this, do this, do that, do that, because I have to get, you know. So what what's going through your mind is not necessarily even what the script has or what the movie's asking for or what the story is. You just give yourself something that's kind of interesting. So you're op- you stay open to inspiration of what those things are that might be. Yeah, it's all about subtext. The words are just like that's about the paint on the outside. The subtext is about what's it built on. Um, and that's acting is about all of those, how all the levels. You In movies, you have to do it, repeat it over and over. Well, in low-budget movies, you do it once and that's it. And it's like, ah, okay, you better, better have got that one right before they, you know, got the cameras rolling. <laughs> no, and then they go, moving on. <laughs> okay. But it's um, it's fun. What about this? Is this your first check or something? No, like don't you, know? you see? Toronto Dominion Bank is giving us a check for seven cents, <laughs> and I just went, "Come on!" And then, <laughs> then they did it again because we didn't cash the first one, and it's like, okay. I'm just going to put that up to as a reminder of the stupidity of the world that's out there that doesn't quite keep track of what's going on. Now, why did they owe you seven cents? I, I, we, we paid off our car loan, oh. and then that was left over, oh, or I something see. moved over something, and it was like, here. And it's like, I want to see. They owe it to you. I, yeah, I want to <laughs> see how many times they're going to give us that seven cents over <laughs> and over again. That would be really funny. Eventually, you'll have to settle for a nickel. And I, I don't that, know. Be... I don't think I'm going to settle for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I gotta tell you though that this is my project here. This is the project that I've been doing since 2004. It's called uh, My Mother's Story. It started out when I asked friends to write the story of their mother's lives, just the facts from beginning to end in yeah. 2,000 words. Oh, yeah. So it's a short story. Yeah. Um, but it's to collect women's history. And um, the stories that came back were all extraordinary. Mm. If you put anyone's life into 2,000 words, you get the best of. You oh, know? Yeah. And, it's, and it's like a movie. This yeah. happens, that happens, you know, that kind of thing. Collecting women's history or making it possible that your mother's life is taking up space in the world instead of being invisible in the background. Right. So we've published two anthologies. Published. This is the workbook that just came out. That's the podcasts. It's going to be these story people reading the stories that they've written. We've got an oh, online okay. archive of women's history. What will the name of, of that be? It'll be my mother's story. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted more stories of women because the the rules were just so boring, derivative. They were so lacking imagination. The rules for women so often are just. Um, supporting or helping you know somebody else tell the do the real deal and this is a way of getting to change our minds so that we can see that each one of us is the star of our own story yeah and the in that codependent um ideal thing that has been foisted on women for so many centuries it's that thing they are only supporting the man and he's got the official story absolutely of them and the the woman's life is like yeah well she does something so we haven't documented it we've documented men's perspective on on history and so this is that that's the project that i'm 
a lot of my passion is about these days. This is this is a cartoon that I had. Um, I've had that for years and years. The guy asking his secretary, anything happened while I was out? And she says, well, your 15 minutes of fame arrived. And the world says, sorry, we missed you. Because, <laughs> uh, you know. Well, the, this is a, a recurring theme in the way that you feel about your work. Am I right? That, that you would rather be doing this art, art work in particular than working a nine-to-five. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I think if I was doing nine-to-five, I would have been fired so many times. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, yeah, and I have had a lot of different jobs. I've done a lot of different things. Yeah. And it's one of the things with being an actor is that you get to taste so many different lives. You know, you get to sample. Well, what would it be like to be like this? What would it be like to have this? What would we really like to do this? And so I get to... Uh, see how other people live, experience how other people live on many, many levels. Hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, this is what I do. I got a degree in it 40 years ago, and most of the time the business wears people out. And it's one of the things that you say to the students, I say to the students is the two, because it was said to me, the two things that will kill you in this business is bitterness and narcissism and I imagine it it can be the same in the music business you've got to find a way of replenishing you've got to find a way of of keeping engaged and keeping curious and looking for beauty and amplifying beauty whenever you find it I love speaking words and bringing them to life so you have to do this well, life is pretty boring otherwise. <laughs> really. Like Marilyn says, we need to replenish, especially in times like this. We need breaks. We need reminders of why we do what we do. Even if the artistic creation isn't a job, per se, doing it is about doing our best, putting our best selves out there, and using your passion and using your skills and your perspective on the world in such a way that that it makes the world better mm. somehow it amplifies the beauty it amplifies the goodness it amplifies the the changing perspectives make that time for yourself so you can amplify your goodness you can find out more about Marilyn Nori on her IMDb page just search IMDB Marilyn Nori. Arts NW is made on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish peoples of the Kikite Nation. We are honored to live and work here. I make the show and the music. You can see more of what I do at joelmckenzie.ca. Do you want to help us out? Yes, every podcast asks for this, but they ask for a reason. If you give us a rating and review, it really helps the show a lot on any app you're listening to this with. Do you want to help even more? You can make a donation to the show at artscouncilnews.org slash donate. Thanks for listening.